0: Hi, this is Nicole, and this is Pretty Funny. Nicole presents Pretty Amazing People. And this week, I have Lindsay, a pretty amazing young woman who I met through an organization called RAIN. And RAIN is stands for Rape, Abuse, and Incest National Network. And Lindsay's going to share her story, and she's doing amazing things. And I'm just so hopeful for our future because... She just had a special event and managed to raise a lot of money for this cause. And even though I recorded this a couple weeks or a few weeks ago, and I missed a week, you guys, I was celebrating it was birthday week, so I'm a week behind, but don't worry, I will not, I'll stay on schedule from now on but it is April. This is perfect timing because it is actually still sexual assault awareness and prevention month. So hashtag show you care for the cause. And anyway, here's Lindsay, your head philanthropy chair for your sorority at Pepperdine University. And you had an extremely successful event. I'm so happy you raised how much? Uh, We raised around $10,000. Oh, wow. (laughs) We both are part of an organization, which is for sexual abuse. So it wasn't under the best circumstances, but Lindsay's story is so inspiring. So are you ready to share?
1: Yes, totally. So, um, well, for my philanthropy, my one of my best friends was head philanthropy at the time of the event, and I was her assistant. And One of the things that I love about my sorority is we do this thing called like Capit cares. So a sister brings forward a charity or an organization that's like really important to her, or has some kind of meaning to her. Um, And then we all vote on it. So I think there were about five this year and I brought forward rain and we voted on it. And luckily enough, rain got chosen as like what we were representing that year. Um, And it was it was definitely a, a journey to be able to bring forward rain in the first place. You know, I. I only recently started talking about my story. I think because, as most people and most victims of any kind of sexual violence or assault, I've spent it happened when I was sixteen, and I'm now almost twenty-one, and it's spent the last like five years or four and a half thinking to myself like I'm being dramatic. So when I finally sort of realized, oh wait, this was something that happened, and I'm a you know girl on a college campus, I thought that's something that's so important for us all to sort of be aware of, like both the female and the male students are victims of this. And it, it needs to be discussed. And that taboo uh, idea around it needs to kind of dissipate in a way. Um, so my own story, essentially, when I was a junior, junior in high school, um, I was at a party, like I was completely sober. Um, but this guy who I had a crush on and I really liked and, you know, he was older. thought he was the cutest person in the world. Um, he, he and I started like making out and whatever. And that was very much so consensual. And then I just remember sort of being like, okay, we'll stop now. And then there wasn't a stop. And then I was like, no, I don't want to do that. And then it happened anyway. And then I was like, I'm not comfortable with that. And then still carried on. And then it was like, I was crying, but not like, wailing I think it was a very like internal thing of me to sort of being like what is going on is this allowed and then I use the term lightly because I don't want to take away from women where this has legitimately happened but so like it, it felt to me in that moment like an attempted rape in a way and the only reason he didn't do it is because he physically couldn't do it and get it in and that's something that for the last four and a half five years I've been like we are just being dramatic. Like he didn't do anything. It never happened. You're fine. And, you know, as I get older and I hear more stories and through the organization, I've, I've heard a lot of stories similar to this. And a lot of women's stories where, you know, I share mine back and they're like, dude, like you're not making that up. And, you know, as I've grown up and, and seen the effects that sexual violence assault has had on a lot of women and men, I've come to more like more realization of, okay, that wasn't okay. And I'm allowed to be okay, you know, and I, and to be upset about it. Um, and I remember walking out of that to one of my best friends and she was like, are you good? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. And she goes, are you sure? Cause you're about to cry or you look like you're about to cry. And then I just burst into tears. And in that moment, I remember saying, I said like, you know, paraphrasing obviously, but I said, he didn't rate me. I don't want to say that, but whatever happened, that was just so bizarre to me. And then after that, there were about, not with him, but since then I've had about three more instances of sexual assault, Um, somewhat similar stories. It was just going too far. Me saying, no, I'm not listening, me thinking it's okay. And then the next day I'm in so much pain, I can't walk. Um, And that was something that was really hard for me to realize. And it was actually summer of 2021 that I first started talking about it. I think just sort of came up out of nowhere, like out of the vault of my feelings, I guess. And weirdly enough, I was visiting my dad who lives in London and we were out for like beers and I just told him. And then I was like, oh crap, now I have to tell my mom. Like I can't tell one and not the other. And now I actually have to start talking about it. Um, But weirdly enough, that like beer with my dad was such a pivotal moment in my journey and in my progression with this because it was the first time I felt comfortable enough to say it out loud. you know, and to my dad was
0: 2021 when
1: you, yeah, I think it was like June or July of 2021.
0: Um, do you think, um because as I shared with you as well, do you think having the Me Too movement helped you because of the awareness, be able to like speak up a little bit?
1: Oh, totally. You know, I, I genuinely think like in that moment and the weeks after I was like, nah, that was nothing like I'm being mm-hmm. dramatic. I'm trying to make myself a victim of something I wasn't. I just want to be a part of this story, I guess. Um, and then everyone else's stories started coming out. And as I read them, and I saw some that were so similar to me. It was that realization of like, okay, wait, you know, this is such a big movement. So many women are coming forward. Like, look at their courage. I can do the same. It just took me a little while to get there. Uh, oh my God. You don't even know. Like I have tears.
0: <laughs> so proud of you guys because at a young age, you know, we're like, uh, let's see, I did my film 2016 before me too. Mm. And women in their 60s, when I started sharing what I was making my it was before me too, I always say I started me Too movement because it won LA and Hollywood. I'm just saying, as, it it. as nobody it was did. talking about it yet. But <laughs> <laughs> I um, would tell people and I remember women older than me, like 60s, crying it's in a grocery store because they, they go, I've never said this out loud and people just don't know how hard it is. And I'm, it's been a rough couple of years we can say. Yeah. And, uh, I had to see a therapist again, especially cause I moved home. Cause as we, you and I talked, like, there's always going to be triggers and yeah. we become sensitive to things. And I moved back home where there was a lot of triggers and the therapist, uh, Oh, I just, I just realize it just doesn't go away. So as long as we talk about it and we find support, it's, uh, I'm just, it's, it's so helpful. And I'm just so proud of you that you were able to tell your parents because so many people, she actually told me, I, I didn't say it as directly as you. That's why you're like, amazed me. And I'm just, I had I wanted to get you on here because the young generation doing this and talking about it is just so empowering and so inspiring.
1: Thank you.
0: Do yeah. other people come share stories with you?
1: They did. It was really moving for me, actually. So I re- the first time I, I'd ever brought it up was to my my college roommate who I've lived with all through college, um, and that was in like February of 2021. So it was like before before I spoke to my, my parents really, but she was the only person that knew at that point for the most part. And then once I brought forward this organization and and the idea to support them for our uh, philanthropy, I had like so many girls come up to me after I did my speech and be like, that was so not to toot my own horn, but they were like, that was so moving. That was so powerful. Like, thank you for sharing. And then they said, you know, I've been struggling with ABCD. And I was like, you know, I'm by no means a therapist at this point. I was 20, but you know, if you if you like want to talk about it, I'm here. And I honestly like I have a very small chapter in my sorority, but I would say at least 10 to 15 girls came and to me. They'll help someone,
0: and they'll help
1: exactly. someone. Exactly,
0: they'll help someone.
1: Yeah, and that's, that's honestly why I did it. I didn't really want to do it as like I I didn't think of it as therapy for myself. I thought of it as like. Okay, it's taking me five years. Maybe I'll take the next girl too. And the girl after that one, and the girl after that will be able to say the next. But day. did you find it as therapy? Did you I definitely it? did. Yeah. Like I didn't, I, that was not why I set out. <laughs> <You
0: know? laughs> no, it's, it's happy. It's amazing that when we go to help people, it just, this podcast to me, I start calling it therapy because I talk to people that just brighten my week. So yeah. it's a gift. But did you have to get therapy?
1: I, got therapy in high school for a separate, uh, like traumatic issue. Um, and I honestly did not talk about this with my therapist. I don't know if I was even still going to her when it happened. I really did just like take it and push it so mm-hmm. far down mm-hmm. in that vault that I was, it was not coming out. Um, and during the, the time that I was doing the event, <laughs> to be honest, I really should have, um, I didn't like properly go to a therapist. You know, I, I'm a very vocal person and I my feelings, I wear my heart on my sleeve. There's no hiding it. If I like you, if I don't like you, you can tell. If I'm same. sad, if I'm happy, you can same. tell. Right. <laughs> Even is, though I'm
0: an actor, I say I don't fake things like that. <laughs>
1: I just don't. No, I'm the same. I I'm an acting major in college. And when I'm doing my classes, it's like I can be whoever. But when I'm real life, me, if I don't it's so obvious. <laughs> I make a face if I don't like someone, and they're like, whatever. So when I'm sad too, like you can tell, um, and I'm lucky enough to have like such a good support system here. So, you know, when it was all going on and I, and I was really struggling, um, my roommate was there and my mom is always there and and my dad too. And like all of my friends and it really would come in like random bursts where I'd have a conversation with someone, you know, about coming to and speaking at the event and then I'd hang up and I would be like, Oh my God. And then I cried for like an hour. I called my mom and I, I never wanted to share anyone's stories because it wasn't for me to share, but I would be like, I'm struggling today, whatever. And then she'd be like, okay, Linz, well, let's go do this. And my mom actually is a psychiatrist, but not mine. Um, (laughs) So, you know, I sort of was lucky enough to have good people to lean on, but that is helpful. Yeah. I probably should have gone to therapy.
0: Was there Um, anything anybody said in particular that helped you like, I don't know, it just really helped you like words. Like for me, a friend, when I just broke down, it was actually something else very traumatic in my life happened. It was just a self-destruction and I just broke down and on Christmas, I went to talk to them. I had to tell them something and my girlfriend, my best friend knew she grabbed my hand and said, it's not your fault Mm because she knew it all came back from that self, you know, lack of self-worth. And that's when my healing started beginning.
1: Is there anything that somebody said to you that made you start feeling? I think there were like two big moments. One of them was, um, I remember when I first started talking about this again, I was worried to tell my high school friends because I was like, I don't want them to think that I'm just making this up four years later because I want Mm -hmm. to Nor do I want them to think that in the moment, like, you know, they know me in the moment and they were like, you were fine when it happened why is this now a problem? Yes. Um, which I'm sort of like, why would I go this far with you not
0: trusting yourself? And it's, we, we doubt. And actually I was sort of saying the therapist was telling me like, you're, you're not, you're, you're talking about it. I I go in another world. I I almost started talking. She goes, you're like dreaming. I couldn't even admit it. This is just this past year. I hate saying it. We hate, we don't, I don't even want to believe it. And, so I understand that's, it's a yeah. shame that we carry and shame on them.
1: Yeah, no, for, exactly. I mean, I genuinely was like, I don't want, you know, first of all, as, as everyone has, I've grown a lot since high school and I was like, I don't want this coming back and biting me in the ass, but also I just don't want people not believing me. And my closest friends been like, you're searching for a problem when you don't have one in a way. Um, and I remember telling my best friend from high school and all she said was, I believe you. And to me, that oh. was like Oh my God. And then weirdly, the other sort of instance of this was with the guy who's now my boyfriend. When I was telling him about it, it was like a really casual setting. And we were like playing a game, and the conversation was, What's the most traumatic thing that ever happened to you? And it was like my turn to go. (laughs) I was like, Of course, I would get this question. Um, And I just said it like point blank, period. I was like, This is what happened. And he just looks at me and he goes, That sucks. And that was like his response. And that's to me, like it gets so exhausting having people look at you like you're broken, you know, and like you're something that needs to be fixed or, or someone that needs this extra care and, and like just help to function, you know, like he was like, damn, that's really like really shitty and then sort of moved on. And it's like, I don't want it to be my defining point. I don't let it define me and I don't want it to define me in the eyes of other people. And so to have someone just like be like to acknowledge it for what it was, to realize how terrible that is to happen to someone, but to not let it be his like whole opinion of me was like, no, like,
0: I, I'm looking at a beautiful, strong, and because you talked about it, you're, it frees you and it's gonna look at you helping others. So sometimes these shitty things, you know they turn us into i'm more empathetic want to help others because of the suffering and the pain
1: no yeah i've always thought it doesn't define me by any means but it has helped shape me mm-hmm. you know in, into a better person and i think a stronger person and someone who much like you I, I like to help people and and to hear other people's stories and to do my best like every day and to spread this kind of message to help others for sure and you're way ahead of me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was a hot mess at your age, but
1: no. <laughs> well, I'm still a hot mess. I, don't I just know I can hide That's it. Not
0: what I'm seeing. Anyway, <laughs> I'm so proud. And, and I'm just so glad you guys are doing this. And I hope to be at the next event and/or let's do coffee and totally. And I want to
1: hear about acting. Tell me a little bit about your acting. I didn't know you were a major. I am, yeah. Wow. I I've, I've been into acting like my whole life. Um, and then I used to live in the UK. So when I was over there, it was more kind of a part of my everyday. And then I went to high school and it simmered a little bit, but it's what I've always wanted to do. So moving out to, to California and Malibu, seemed like the place to do it.
0: So, <laughs> That's right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so for fun, before we go, something feel, what are you reading or watch binge watching or eating that I think would be fun to share?
1: This is a very random like something fun but and this is also I'm, I've missed the wavelength on this but I've been really into Game of Thrones lately Ooh. like I've been so addicted I started watching it New Year's Day because I was ungodly tired and my boyfriend wanted to go to the gym and I knew if I said can we watch Game of Thrones he wouldn't make me go to the gym <laughs> so I watched it all New Year's Day and I honestly like it's one of those shows it's it's like violent and yeah. <laughs> and it's really sad, but for some reason I like, can't stop watching it. And I talk about it all day. And it's, it's just like a fun, like thing that I look forward to, to end my day. And like, it can be uplifting. It can be sad, but it's like something about it is just so endearing. Like it's a really good show as I'm it's, sure you know, so many people know that already. I'm very, like, I, know
0: exactly. I don't think you're alone.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. I mean, my, when it came out, my brothers wouldn't let me watch it. Cause I was like 12 and they were like, not for you. And now that I'm watching it, I sort of think, okay, valid. They didn't let yeah. me watch it then.
0: I was I was all into Sons of Anarchy when that came in, and my friends are like, "That's so violent." I'm like, "You watch Game of Thrones? It's all <laughs> incest and killings too.
1: Like, what's the a difference?" Lot. <laughs> I like mute it sometimes when the scenes get too graphic. I, I just mute it and I like look at my phone or I go like make toast. I'm just like, I can't watch this. But
0: it's a incre- it's incredible. Like I just loved the fans. It's like it was just. I don't know incredible but I didn't finish it where are you
1: I'm on season three I don't know if I'm gonna finish it either I think I'm gonna get to (laughs) the point I feel like when you binge watch a show too much you get bored of it Uh and then and then you get back into it for a while then you get bored of it again like I need to find a a balance (laughs) you might finish it I didn't finish it because
0: I was watching it in real time and then whenever things take breaks you just fall off you know yeah but since you can binge I mean when I've gone back and looked, I'm like, there's, that's a, like another, That's a 90 hour commitment. I think isn't it's, it? a
1: long time. <laughs> it's like a movie. Like every episode is literally a movie. I'm like, it is. It's, long. it's, it's a good one. That's my, that's my feel good show. Weirdly okay. <laughs> All right. Well, that's a feel good show. Okay. <laughs> Not really- like modern family, but,
0: <laughs> yeah, but thank you. And it was so nice talking to you and we'll be talking to you more.
1: Thank you so much.
0: How about that, Lindsay? (laughs) I mean, i just feeling inspired to just go out and do something, do more, help others. So that was just wonderful. And she's young and courageous. So yeah, I feel hopeful for our future. And anyway, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope maybe you thought of somebody that this could help or maybe it helped you or... I don't know. It's just something that needs to be talked about. And I'm so glad we are. And I appreciate you listening and sharing and liking and giving it great reviews. And I will be back on time. I will see you in two weeks.
1: Bye.